0: Welcome to a podcast on fire on miracles. Jackie Chan does Frank Capra and Jackie Chan, producing the most lavish film of his career in the process, possibly even the best film of his career. Also known as Mr. Canton and Lady Rose, Jackie Chan sets out to prove his critics and detractors wrong, and we're here to talk about it. My name is Kenny Bia, with me as one half of the Logalogs, and the idea man that kickstarted the Logalogs and the Podcast on Fire network is Stuart Subland. Welcome home, buddy.
1: Hello, thank you for letting me back in.
0: Yeah, this is your house. We're we're merely uh, we're merely uh, renting it. I was about yeah, to say.
1: You, you've not changed the locks. It's all good. <laughs>
0: no, no, nor the wallpaper. It's all it's all good. You still got your TMNT uh, uh, wallpaper left here <laughs> o- over at the podcast on Fire Network. I wouldn't dream of taking that now. Uh, how's everything going at the Loglocks uh, Twenty Twenty Three edition? Edition. You're out and about, so you're not. You you are simply not podcasters, obviously, but you're out and about doing tours, uh, reviewing mm-hmm. beers. And uh, if I understood things correctly, maybe this is not online at the time of uh, chatting. But I understand that uh, you and Tom, you 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 brought the kid out for a tour of the brewery. Normally, it's only you, the uh, responsible adult, but this time you brought uh, the kid with you. i.e. Tom, with you to uh, to a brewery. So what was that about?
1: It was sort of like the, the responsible parent because it was Tom going on his own to a brewery tour. I just lent him the camera equipment. Uh, I see. Okay, don't drop it. But sure, have a shot. And yeah, I just today I've done like the final edit on the video for Tom, and I had a really great time at this brewery tour. I've got some plans. I mean, uh, I think each month for this this year we have. Something big and significant planned for uh, our YouTube channel, where it's, I think, let's see, in August, me and Tom are getting in person, um, which is sort of like an annual occurrence. We're both going to be in London and we're going to try and have a few beers at a pub known as uh, the Birthplace of Iron Maiden
0: what would that mean it's not like they were delivered there um, did did the lads meet there
1: i believe it was uh the first venue that offered them a gig i see fair enough so yeah i think steve harris and the motley crew that assembled iron maiden at the time this was the place that first gave them a shot i guess it would be like their equivalent of was it the cavern club for the beatles
0: it is it with a little plaque. It is plaque. It's more or
1: less an Iron Maiden museum. I see, like, cool. It's artwork, framed photos, like pictures of all of them there. They sell all the Iron Maiden beer, as you could expect. There's an Iron Maiden themed menu. It's it's definitely cashing in on the fact that they came here first.
0: It, glad that the city hasn't uh, torn the place down then. That that uh, <laughs> I mean, they did, so sometimes the uh, city planners do these things. Like this band played here. Like so what? Like tear it down? Mm-hmm. But it, I'm I'm glad that someone uh, probably argued for its existence, you know, and yeah. that it's a business, thriving mm-hmm. business, maybe. even.
1: Yeah. So that's it. I think it still is like a like a pub restaurant, and in the basement is used for gigs. So I think it still seems to be like a thriving venue. Uh, so me and Tom are going to go along there and have some beers. Uh, again bringing cameras with us i've got little bluetooth microphones so we could try and have half decent audio when we're there to september i'm hoping uh, to brew my own beer at a, a big brewery in scotland they have a uh, sort of do-it-yourself brewing days so we're hoping to make our own uh, lagalogs beer yeah,
0: that's awesome you, you and your branding like uh, you never stop uh, <laughs> even when we started this thing back in 0- 07 08 like um, you you started branding uh, putting a podcast on fire and stuff already at that point yes
1: uh, creating little sticker books <laughs> uh, that, ain't, because... that ain't nothing,
0: that ain't
1: nothing. Mm-hmm. and and those stickers hold up i think i found them years later even when i sent them to you i think they look still brand new and again yeah we've got stickers. Uh, we've been invited up to like a big brewery in Scotland in October, so I'm planning a weekend in Aberdeen. So there'll be a lot of filming of the pubs there, the brewery there. Yeah, it's just like so many ideas to execute. There's like beer festivals happening in city centres, and it's all great at the time. It's when you come home and realise you have uh, 60 videos to sift through and edit, to put together, then to time it with some music then upload it to YouTube for someone to downvote it, but...
0: <laughs> well, at least you beer tubers don't have to avoid sensitive words. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you can say beer. You can say <laughs> alcohol makes you drunk. You know, yes. without being demonetized. You know what I mean? Uh, some YouTubers have to, you know, tip toe around uh, keywords. Otherwise, it's boom. The robot's... Uh, uh demonetize your your stuff if that's your living to boot i know the log say it's not your living yeah necessarily but uh, yeah
1: yeah i live off of the residuals from podcasts and fire <laughs>
0: residuals <laughs> <laughs> well well i well i live off my commentary fame
1: nowadays yes
0: so. <laughs> uh very good i'm uh, cool to hear i always love hearing that you guys are active so the log logs uh uh, all the social media, especially the YouTube channel, will be linked to. We have plenty of things to talk about, so I'm just going to say for all your podcast on fire network needs podcastonfire.com. Social media links to Facebook. I was about to say Twitter to X. You know, I don't, I don't, oh, I, I yeah. don't know if it's going to be X.com slash podcast on fire or what it's going to be. But at the time of recording, Twitter has become X. But their uh, social media, Instagram and all of that good stuff we'll link to it then subscribe to us on podca- on uh, apple podcasts and uh, catch us on uh, spotify and uh, all that good stuff so stitcher radio is a thing of the past uh, i just i only, know
1: i was getting all those emails
0: yeah they were absorbed by um, someone else who's gonna either just uh, put them into the grave or um or do something else with uh, with stitcher so but we're everywhere where you can find podcasts. That's the that's the main thing. Let's uh, kick this off and then uh, with a little music break. First of all, let's go, let's play some Rose. Rose, I love you uh, to hear uh, Anita Moy's wonderful deep voice. And never gets old. Uh, nor does it get old. Uh, see her on screen here in this uh, film, Miracles, aka Mr Canton and Lady Rose, aka Black Dragon, aka the Canton Godfather. I think that's all of them. So stay tight, and we'll be right back my And welcome back, and the film uh, up for review and discussion is Miracles, a.k.a. Mr. Canton and Lady Rose from 1989, directed by starring Jackie Chan, and the plot goes as follows. An optimistic Kuo Chen played by Jackie Chan, arrives in Hong Kong, quickly finding himself uh, impover- impoverished in the process. That is, until, an, until a serendipitous encounter with a rose seller, played by gua A-Le, a Taiwanese actress, leads to this inadvertent appointment as boss of a local gang amidst the reluctant leader's efforts uh, to reform uh, their uh, fraternity and businesses. Uh, is an endeavor to share his newfound fortune with the bestower uh, all whilst trying to stave off uh, rivals and the authorities so he doesn't forget about the rose lady because uh, she's good luck, her roses are good luck. So miracles the film was a box office hit and it's uh, 34 million Hong Kong dollars Gross. Might have actually made it number one local film of that year. I don't have the full list uh, available but the other hits uh, rubbing up on that gross uh, were the likes of the um with the likes of uh, the melodrama All About Along, directed by Johnny Toe and starring Chai Yat, earning nearly 31 million. Again, Miracles was 34 Hong Kong dollars. The Michael Hoy comedy Mr. Coconut earned 31.2. Wong Jing's uh, gambling-themed action drama Casino Raiders tallied 23 million, and a little below 20 million. We find films such as a Better Tomorrow Free, Wild Search, and Sam Hongs uh, Pedicab Driver earned nearly 15 million. Miracles did receive a few nominations at the Hong Kong Film Award, including Best Actor for Jackie Chan, Best Art Direc- Direction, Editing, and it walked away winning the Hong Kong Film Award for Best Action Design. And that year's Best Film otherwise was the drama Beyond the Sunset from director Jacob Chung. John Woo was named Best Director for The Killer. Chai who I believe was nominated against himself. Uh, he won Best Actor for his performance in All About a Long. Uh, Maggie Cheung won Best Actress for A Fishy Story. And Best Screenplay was also nabbed by Beyond the Sunset. It's a good little drama. Cecilia Yip, I believe, um, is in it. Richard M. And um, it's uh, kind of been uh, buried. I don't think it's been reissued on Blu-ray. Uh, but I have a VCD of it. And I had to uh, look... Uh, Look quite hard to find it, um, but uh, it's, it's a good little film. Uh, best picture uh, was probably very earned. Uh, as we hinted at, uh, miracle uh, goes by a fairly hefty number of titles. Uh, its original Hong Kong title was apparently "Mister Canton and Lady Rose." Uh, miracle has has been an alternate title for both the Hong Kong, the full Hong Kong version, and the export poster art carries that title as well. Internationally, it was. Uh, Shortened quite a bit, as we'll discuss. Uh, But it was also retitled. Like Miracles wasn't the only export title. Uh, And and it's also an alternate title for the Hong Kong version, as I said. But uh, Miracles, Mr. Canton, was also known as the Canton Godfather. Um, Originally, I remember seeing the UK VHS of it um, uh, uh, under that title. And presumably, it's also the English-dubbed, shortened version. With a very fetching uh, shot of uh, Jackie Chan in a gangster outfits but um, uh, it's not like it was the black t-shirt era or anything like that you know so uh, it's, it was probably a real still from the film you know what I mean uh, Robert and made up uh, promotional thing where he bursts with his uh, fist through the screen Jackie Chan in 36 crazy fists which he, he is not in <laughs> A U.S. DVD relo- uh, release uh, from like uh, Sony or Columbia TriStar carried both version of uh, versions of the film. Uh, that was, uh, but it was released as Black Dragon. But you had uh, both the full Hong Kong version and the shortened export version. We'll get back to the shortened export version. But what Miracles is? It's a remake. It's not its own in. Uh, in in full if you will it's very much his own uh, in terms of action and uh, comedic beats but it is a remake of frank capra's a pocket full of miracles from 1961 which i hadn't seen until uh, we prepped for this show so when you watch it you know the the frame plotting is very much recognizable between the films Uh, but frank capra was actually remaking one of his own films when he was uh, doing A Pocket Full of Miracles uh, the, 30, the 1933 film Lady for a Day was the basis for A Pocket Full of uh, Miracles so uh, he had been at it and uh, wanted to update it with uh, new stars and do a new take on it Jackie's writer Edward Tang was a big fan of that film Pocket Full of Miracles and uh, made a suggestion that this could make for a Hong Kong remake uh, with uh, and even by Jackie Chan which suited Jackie as he was searching for a project that up the ante a little meaning this was the opportunity to make a film with scale a grand design and scope that would show that he had it in him to direct something proper and that's not me talking that actually came from the fact that the reviewers apparently had singled out his prior films uh, as just action films simple films with not much uh, directorial flair so this was him trying to prove. proved them wrong and uh, without spoiling our opinions I think he certainly did. This is a major step up. Uh, we, we won't add any um, major notes on A Pocket Full of Miracles uh, but uh, I uh, I don't know if you had time to view it before before the show but uh, it's a sweet little film and uh, very much recognizable if you're familiar with uh, Miracles but um, it's uh, it, it's certainly uh, very lovely and I remember um, I remember thinking, like, the, I'm I'm sure this is uh, considered uh, considered uh, maybe a top five Frank Capra. Who knows? But uh, it was very enjoyable, very funny. I enjoyed Peter Falk as uh, one of the right hand man of Glenn Ford's uh, gangster. He, uh, I suppose, Wu Mai is the, the Hong Kong equivalent, but uh, the Peter Falk character in *Apocalypse of Miracles* kind of wanted Glenn Ford's character to. Get back into gangster business, like meet with our rivals and set up stuff. Don't occupy yourself with this stuff. Wuma was kind of laid back and uh, GGAF. I don't know. (laughs) I can do what you like. Uh, Did you have time to watch A Pocket Full of Miracles? I I
1: didn't. I, I was kicking myself by the time I'd finished watching Miracles last night, but it's definitely something I'm going to watch later this week.
0: It's it's definitely enjoyable as a comparison piece for us as Hong Kong film film fans. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched it probably. So it was nice. It was nice to uh, it was nice to see. There there were some tweaks and changes from Pocket Full of Miracles uh, because the central character Glenn Ford place he's already established as a gangster as a boss Uh, but he he has a change of heart and decides to do something uh, you know one piece of worthwhile meaningful and different thing rather than gangster stuff by helping out this uh, helping out this poor lady at the Betty Davis uh, place so but in miracles we see Jackie arriving as this country bumpkin and he uh, so and then he accidentally becomes the boss and then that's where the movie sort of start feeling very similar after that point I suppose so, so they did uh, provide their own take on it very much that was their like Edward Tang and the, the writers uh, process to uh, to change it up um, and make it suit uh, their performer and all of that so. Uh, uh, the major backlot for the film that re- recreated the period setting was constructed at the Shaw Brothers Studios. This is not a Shaw Brothers film, but uh, the space was uh, rented to Golden Way or Golden Harvest to build a massive set for this film that uh, evoked the uh, 1930s Hong Kong. Uh, they did some exteriors in Macau because its architecture, the, its look was uh, good enough for 1930s Hong Kong. And uh, it it could be kind of deemed ironic, I suppose, that Shaw Brothers allowed their once rivals remember Shaw Brothers were not producing films at this time they had they had shut their doors, but the land was still there. But there they were outmaneuvered by Golden Harvest uh, to a distinct degree, and now Golden Harvest are producing on their backlot. I don't know, at least they, they probably could demand a decent fee for uh, Jackie and Company to be there. Um, Golden Harvest, of course. Eventually, developed stars like Jackie Chan, and then became bigger. So uh, they did some interior work on the Golden Harvest backlot, though. Uh, and uh, you, they even redressed their, those sets for such diverse films as She Shoots Straight. You know, had to redress it into something else. But the uh, Wu Ma's film Stage Door Johnny, about an opera troupe, uh, also got the permission to redress or use leftover materials. For from Miracles for their film, it, it fits the era a little bit better. So if you watch Stage Door Johnny, it certainly has production value, and thanks to uh, the Miracles production uh, being around and uh, having materials to uh, create another film, I think the, Jackie was one of the producers on um, Stage Door Johnny. Uh, some further random trivia I gathered from the special features of the film: uh, the 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 hat trick meaning jackie putting on the hat by rolling the hat in his uh, hand and then putting it on like very smoothly that wasn't possible with just a hat as it was way too light so they would tape coins along the rim to give it weight and shape and uh, persons bit actors stuntmen said you never mistook jackie's hat for your own (laughs) because his head is quite bigger quite a bit bigger so it would drop over your eyes so he's both big nose and now his big head (laughs) Uh, So that's a a good way to know know, uh, your star's wardrobe, I suppose. Jackie was said to be fascinated with cameras in his early days and uh, as he grew into a maker he wanted to learn technical qualities, learn his lenses and uh, learn the equipment. And uh, as uh, Hong Kong filmmakers had to be hands-on in many departments, uh, there's a solid theory here that uh, that engagement in the process builds a skill set where directors are capable of operating a camera as well, even if they don't exclusively hog that job. And you can see Jackie operating the camera in uh, both the outtakes and uh, in, in the trailer as well. And I believe a scene where Anita Moy goes... Through the apartment, uh, that luxury suite they have set up for the rose lady. As the camera follows her, she like uh, taps the piano and then goes onto the balcony. I believe I heard Jackie operated that shot. So uh, the cinematographer was Arthur Wong, but that particular shot, um, Jackie wanted uh, for himself, and certainly yeah, put he him- wanted
1: a show of all the toys.
0: Exactly, uh, you know, in the outtakes you see uh, the big camera rigs, uh, steadicams, as such. So um, and uh, th- those cameras had not really been used in Hong Kong films uh, before. So it was uh, a rare occurrence to bring out such great technical equipment. And no films really called for it at this uh, time. That huge range of equipment, and, and unexpectedly, the film had a huge budget for a Golden Harvest movie. And uh, yes, this led to pressure. On Jackie to deliver. And uh, he was producing under his company. Golden Way. But it was essentially a Golden Harvest production though. So they pressured him to get it finished. Uh, to speed up filming. So Jackie had to kind of keep the company at bay. As best he could. Uh, to keep them away from set. Uh, and they may have had a great box office tally. But big bu- budget means profit margins. Were not as great. and uh, As they would have otherwise been. Working lower uh, budgets. So uh, that's the kind of history for a couple of movies in a row that Jackie uh, overproduced, went over budget, and was kind of told to uh, stay away from directing, work with other directors, and definitely work with lower budgets so we can earn some money off your films. Uh, After Operation Condor, I think Golden Harvest had enough of uh, of this shenanigans. Uh, Going abroad and just um, overshooting your budget uh, greatly and all of that, so... Before we get to the, um, due to the review, um, we, we, we obviously don't put up these podcasts uh, on YouTube with uh, visual uh, means or anything, so it's, uh, it doesn't make sense to go through every difference between the full Hong Kong version, which is a two-hour, seven-minute film, versus the shorter export version. But I thought you know, because I I did uh, compare them. There there are visualized reports online, so you don't need to have them playing on dual screens or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, I I thought it'd be wise to sort of talk of uh, a few of the differences, and uh, therefore you'll you'll get an idea of uh, how the export version was viewed, what kind of priorities were w- within it, because there, there there's a distinct lack of one performer in the export cut. So we'll get to that. Uh, The film was cut about 20 minutes shorter when prepared for export and English dubbing. So the English dub that uh, was around was only for the short version. And when you and I picked up the Hong Kong Legends DVD back in the day, that was accompanied by a completely new dub covering the entire film. And the film plays as is until 18, 20 minutes in, uh, depending on the version you're watching, whether PAL or NTSC. Because... uh, uh, when the extended one-shot sequence of the construction work of the club is shown. Here's where the export version unfortunately cut uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's such a great shot, but they, they saw an opportunity to speed things up here. 70 seconds is gone here, including a long shot of Wu Ma overseeing the work. C- the camera passes Billy, uh, Billy Lau and workers. The Rose Lady arrives to give Jackie his good luck rose. And he barely escapes a falling ceiling fan.
1: Oh, yeah, of course.
0: And eventually, the camera ends up on ends up on Anita getting her picture taken. That was gone from the export version. Uh, so you know, it's a, um it's a it, it's a grave error. But they, they deem that two hours seven minutes is too long for uh, an action crowd, I suppose. Uh, a good 18 minutes later, we get a huge chunk of excised material from the uh, full version. Uh, the export version is missing quite a bit here, about five minutes. Uh, so after the big tea house multi-story brawl that ends with the police arriving, uh, you know, Richard mm, assessing the situation. Uh, we see then Jackie and Wuma arrive back at the club. Jackie is insisting he needs his rose, And the two go up to his office where Anita is waiting and demanding attention and say, she's leaving for America. I'm not coming back. And uh, she, she's uh, also getting married to a waiting Ray Loy outside. So it's one of the cameos in the film. And Jackie desperately wants her to stay and uh, rips up her dress accidentally bit by bit. And Wuma is making this situation worse by saying she's good for money only for the club's earnings. That's all she's uh, good for. And Jackie says, of course I care, of course I care about you. And Wuma continues to make it worse. And then com- it comes to light that her father didn't owe money at all to the former boss and that she could've left, she she had worked off her debt way earlier. But she's upset that she's worked so hard for Jackie to make the club a success and Jackie explains out of ignorance and fear that he did not tell her uh, but she'll get her money back uh, that she's earned him, that's a fair solution, and she says she'll stay if she has a good reason, as more of the dress is torn accidentally and Billy Lau also intermittently interacts with the free, taking advice like asking Ray Lloyd to leave and firing a gun inside the club to get him to leave which is a very funny <laughs> bit so mm-hmm. that was a good uh, chunk that was just gone from the export version we're not talking small cuts Stuart they really uh, cut out yeah. a couple of sequences um, and minutes in a row you know uh, next big cut I wanted to mention uh, is around the hour mark, lasting nearly 5 minutes So you th- that you didn't see in the export version or on that UK VHS back in the day. Um, it involves uh, several scenes. Um, uh, after Jackie's guys have removed a couple of reporters from the dock where the Rose Lady is receiving her daughter, uh, Richard M is seen meeting with a man about the missing reporters. Uh, Jack and Wu Ma are discussing current plans as Anita walks into the office happy about mother and daughter reuniting. And there's talks of Billy Lau driving the family around but he needs to avoid uh, driving them around familiar places uh, so that the scheme isn't revealed. Uh, uh, they make travel plans, uh, a call from... Uh, Mr. Kwok reveals Chien Feng's character wants to make a phone call to Richard um, rich uh, Inspector Ho and Jackie says that now they need to find a stand-in for the inspector as well, this whole scheme of replacing actual persons with different persons uh, uh, so uh, she can appear rich for Rose Lady, which she is not. And then Anita goes on the phone as well, talking to Chien Feng and she starts improvising in English uh, where Inspector Ho is and she says she's Anita from Manila. She's from the Philippines. And we then cut to Gangsters in the Rope Factory, a little scene with them and Law Leet, And then back at the police station, Richards Associates are conducting phone calls to dig into the case of the missing reporters. And uh, one has uh, been out and looking for them at various hotels. So again, they cut sh- comedy mainly. Uh, but uh, I do enjoy all these scenes. I, it's a shame. It would have been lovely to hear them in English. Uh, but uh. And one of the big victims uh, of this cut, you might have realize this Richard M and also Bill Tong because they're, they're, the scam that he is pulling on uh, Richard Um, selling him fake stocks, that is uh, present a little bit in the export cut, but a lot of it is cut. The, the scenes about them talking about uh, how much he can buy uh, for versus when it goes public. You know, he buys at a lower price and when it goes public, there's a, uh, a higher price. That is there, but then a bit in Inspector Ho's office, uh, Richard and Bill Tong's character, uh, Bill Tong flatters Inspector Ho about his work uh, with the police officers club. And Inspector Ho expresses having problems dealing with fundraising, and Bill Tong says his investment will solve that. He serves him tea, and Bill Tong puts his cigar out in the cup. So that's a comedic bit in the Hong Kong version that export audiences did not see. And then we're up uh, around about the ninety-minute mark, we see the investment deal going further between these two. Uh, Richard M's Inspector Ho has now brought money. He's going to get the stock, the fake stock, and further investigation into missing reporters continue. As uh, as a policeman asks at a hotel for their whereabouts, the King George Hotel, and spots, and is informed that the man who passed him is the real merchant that Bill Tong is impersonating. So Chen uh, Feng is the merchant, that, uh, the businessman that Bill Tong is impersonating. And uh, more with Bill Tong and Richard miscut M- after they exchange money and proof of ownership of stock. Bill Tong writes a check for the police officers club that is accidentally higher. And he says, I'll, I'll get you a correct one once I'm back in Shanghai. But Richard, Richard M.'s character reveals that I'll pay the difference because I've stolen evidence money. <laughs> I, I can I, yeah. I, I can ex- ex- we can exchange this and Bill laughs at the situation behind his back like <laughs> like he, he can't believe what he's hearing and that was also cut. I mean we're talking uh, a minute and a half, but they really seared in on uh, these extended sequences where Jackie isn't even present. So I'm thinking the export cut wanted to favor a tighter pace and uh, getting audiences to get to the action scenes a little bit quicker you know Mm -hmm. because jackie sold bill tong and richard mm, they aren't the sellable elements for the export audience you know in 1989 that's just a matter of fact Uh, then uh, as uh, bill tong leaves after this whole deal is done the export version uh, cuts another three and a half minutes uh, because he's spotted outside by the police officer who saw the real shanghai merchant and he asks you know keep him here keep him here and uh, then actor Lao Tzu-ming uh, enters Inspector Ho's office, scolding him about missing persons. The other policeman runs into the office, interrupting the exchange, but is thrown out for rudely interrupting. It's a very chaotic scene. And then as um, as his superior leaves, the policeman again tries to get Richard Um's attention. You know, he's uh, scolding him for not doing what is important. And his investigation is do- being done poorly. He doesn't listen to him. Uh, so, And once outside with uh, Bill Tong waiting... Uh, inspect the whole spot he's still there and requests a police escort for him uh, back to his hotel so uh, so that that, that's a few of the cuts Um, so you'll get an idea of uh, what the export version is like and you can watch it on the blu-ray as well the uk blu-ray of the film has uh, has that export version so you can see it in a bit tighter manner Uh, worth noting as a little bit of bonus info the Japanese theatrical version was missing a few minutes as well, also focusing on the Richard M and uh, Bill Tung scenes. But uh, not as severely though, it was only cut by 9 minutes in Japan, and, but it had no exclusive outtakes or such things, uh, which was common in Japan. It was like contractual, but for some reason the outtakes are the same in the Japanese version, presumably so. Uh, and also an extended version in Mandarin was also on DVD for a while. A slightly longer version than the Hong Kong version. About four minutes of extended and new material. So, some are very short, but a couple of longer scenes uh, were included on the Joy Sales DVD release of the film. Uh, if you remember, there, there's a scene where Jackie meets uh, his uh, uh, rival, the big, uh, the big gangster, in the upper floor of the restaurant uh, tea house thing. Uh, that is extended as Jackie and associates are, associates are suddenly held at gunpoint, and Jackie says, "We didn't come armed," but the people frisk them and finds two guns, which doesn't please Jackie. And after this uh, is dealt with, uh, his arrival at o oh Chun Hung place, um, he sends everyone out. So there, there, there's a few minutes extra there, and finally, the German edit removed a further 12 minutes from the export edits, so t- taken out a wedding practice, for instance. So. So there, there, there's a lot of history here, and uh, but but the question is, do you mind Stuart watching the full Hong Kong version re- based on this rewatch? Like, is it still a, a delight, or does it run too long? As a matter of fact,
1: no, definitely, it, it, it's it's fine. I feel nowadays um, finding a movie that's just two hours and seven minutes is you're getting off lightly compared to like your Hollywood standards films nowadays always seem to run to about the two hour 30 minute mark uh creeping closer to the three hour mark <laughs> when you reminded me saying remember it's a long film and i thought back to like our days on uh what's korean cinema and that was the common complaint of i love korean cinema but for god can't they make a 90 minute movie
0: Times times change indeed. Hundred and twenty seven isn't as much of a challenge anymore.
1: Yes, exactly. But no, it's still a joy to watch. I mean, uh, Ken, what's your your earliest memories of this movie?
0: It, it was the blue, uh, not the blue area, uh, the, the DVD release. I only knew a Jackie Chan film out there called the Canton Godfather, but I never saw it in that form. Uh, so my, my my first viewing of it was that Hong Kong Legends DVD that. Uh, touted on the back saying this is uh, 10-12 minutes longer or whatever but uh, we didn't have any comparisons on that uh, disc, uh, no extra version like the commentary uh, highlighted a couple of things that were cut but not everything so I I didn't know the extent of the editing that took place for the English dub version until I looked at uh, the online reports uh, I'll link to the thing I watched uh, the 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 illustrated thing but I always liked it. Um, I was probably not that deep into my Jackie Chan fandom, but I always liked it as a, and I still think this way, as this delight. Uh, to, I, I and the, But especially now, I think it's a delight to see Hong Kong cinema step up its game. In terms of size and design, all the actors look smashing as part of this design, and yes, Shaw Brothers of Old could put on a show, but it seems awfully special despite and bigger than usual coming from Hong Kong cinema at this time, it's like, it's a game time. And I think yeah. they delivered on that. But it is an enjoyable narrative. Uh, uh, it also has reference-level action, uh, intermittent action, with essentially three free scenes, I think. But a lot of challenging stuff within it in terms of stunts, choreography, and uh, oh, obviously Jackie wanted to elevate his um, directorial skills, but I think he also wanted to elevate the action and, and enhance the brand. And and I dare say that this probably I I hate doing this, but I did actually think about it for one or two days, that this probably would end up being top three, top four for me in terms of Jackie. Wow. Yeah, uh, I've always loved Dragon Lord the most. I I just think that's a delightful feel, and and I think I would place this second, and then probably Drunken Master two after that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I I just think it works on um, on every level. I think it's a delight.
1: Yes, I it's. He's never done another film like it. It's well, yeah. It's it's a period piece, but it's more or less it's like a Western period movie. Cause yeah, we we do have your period films, but it's it's always like back to Shaolin or back to like the 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 proper kung fu days, and, and it's not kind of like this middle ground of like this this Bugsy Malone esque gangster. Style, so it's almost kind of like his take on like a Western period movie in amongst well, I, I keep want to say gangsters, but it is I guess they call it this call it Godfather themselves, but
0: I mean it's a Westernized setting to a large degree. Yes. You can see the Westernized influence in the film, so it's it's obviously approachable that way too. We don't see a lot of Westerners necessarily. Like It was quite funny, they have one of the cameos, I mean, they did this as a cameo parade. One of the cameos is musician Anders Nelson, who I think in his real life has long hair. So you see him in a ponytail that seems awfully out of place from 1930s. <laughs> but you know, for a cameo, you're not going to fucking cut my ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> so uh... like, deal with it. If you want me in, I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to be in. But uh, I'm not cutting that. We can make it look nice in other ways.
1: And that's it. The film was a real sort of gem to find. Like I i found it it was definitely like early to mid two thousands. It was an ex rental in blockbusters. They were selling a lot of like just old DVDs. And I remember you had to buy three and I think at that time I'd picked up uh Miracles, a uh, Iron Monkey, the 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 first round of releases for uh, Hong Kong Legend, so it was a single disc with no commentary. Oh,
0: oh the Donnie M Iron Monkey Don, okay.
1: Yes. Gotcha. And I think Island of Fire. How do you even remember
0: these things? <laughs> are, are they like your framed first editions? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the thing is, I probably don't actually own them now, but it was, it was almost like those core memories when you were first properly getting into a uh, collecting Hong Kong cinema. I like just going to my closest town and into the video rental shop. And like I'd, I would knew of the Hong Kong Legends label at this point. I'd seen it around and I was trying to find something more than just Bruce Lee. And I was like, oh, there's Jackie Chan. In the sense that, yes, I've seen him from Rush Hour. I've seen him eh, in Who Am I and eh, Rumble in the Bronx, First Strike. But this one, he looks like a gangster. And there's like, sold uh, and <laughs> island of fire never heard of it souls uh right i need one more to get this this offer uh, right iron monkey you'll do it says hong kong legends so it'll probably be fine
0: you know it's really uh, this um you know the the other films have their share of violence but this despite being a hong kong film it doesn't toy with our emotions and go gritty and dark there's a reason miracles is pg now, uh, nowadays in the uk i think it might have had a higher rating back in vhs days uh, uh uh, 80s, VHS days, might have been 12 or 15, but there's a reason it's PG nowadays, it's not violent at all, despite being about uh, gangster and territory, there's a bomb that goes off at one point, you know so, uh, and I've always appreciated that because it had every right to be tonally wild because it is a Hong Kong film you know, that uh, we might have had some people getting shot and uh, squibs going off, I wouldn't have been surprised but I'm happy to see that it's even-tempered and really out of respect to the original, I think it's even tempered because a pocket full of miracles uh, doesn't turn dark or anything either. It, it's a it's a U in the UK, so I mean it's a really a family friendly film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you know I, it doesn't get old uh, seeing it being dazzling and dazzling us with the with the sets uh, and the, the scope frame and the early action scene where they are destroying sets with cars or so even stunts are uh, get, getting a good early showcase. Hong Kong cinema action cinema Hong Kong action directors. They were obviously experts already, but there is a, to me, I feel like this is elevating the work to grand and elite. And there's even a sharper take on action present here, Uh, whether it's a sparse action scene or not. The thing I'm talking about is is the early thing where Jackie stumbles on his car chase and uh, and shootout. uh, so I'm just delighted with when he's uh, using the props in the environment and destroying the environment even you know, for a few seconds. Uh, it's really good, even the, the, the small stuff. And, uh, and and I wonder, I mean, I've, I've never seen any of the older Hong Kong versions, as I said. Uh, I wonder if they got the verbal gag, uh, this verbal gag somewhat right in the subtitles. Uh, where, where the gangster dies, uh, that Sunny Fang plays. He curses out Jackie for carrying him on his stomach. He's suffering from some kind of chronic illness. so And when he's on the ground, he's angry at him. And he says, get, uh, get him. But, and, and he can't say anything else. But apparently it's misheard as give him. Because everyone's waiting for the boss to appoint the new boss. The boss is obviously dying. I'm wondering if that, if that is a difficult thing to translate or not. But we certainly get why he accidentally becomes a boss here and i think it's it's very it's very funny to see him. oh they misheard it like give him! you know it, it's kind of clenched teeth di- uh, delivery uh and and i love getting um being able to understand that a little bit more
1: mm-hmm. and yeah that that i noticed the the version i was watching last night the 88 films blu-ray where it it even says it in the subtitles where it's sort of like misheard as give him yes and i think it was possibly the dub last time I watched it, and I think they go with the line. I think it implies that Jackie bangs his head, and he's on the ground suffering. He's pointing, and their guys are looking at him. He's going something like, "My head, like make him the head." It was just again like where in amongst all the commotion that's going on, the mess here, I'm appointing Jackie as the head of this organization. Whereas, like, no, this silly bastard banged my head is what I'm trying to tell you.
0: It's not a bad exchange. I I do like that because it's quite amusing how this happens and and they need to follow his verbal command. It doesn't need to be in writing. It's that strict, you know. We'll touch on cameos, I'm sure, but uh, before this point, we we have probably seen the Jackie Churn cameo, certainly the U.B.U. cameo. Mm -hmm. So um, I I wanted to ask the community because I I think uh, one or two persons said, listen to this thing in these things you know i hope so i'm, I'm sure there's a story out there about sammo's absence uh, i'm not up on my stories whether there was a falling out if there was a falling out when it was or if sam was simply too busy on production mm-hmm. because this might have been shot simultaneous simultaneously as pedicab driver uh, of course he had actors and stunt crew booked uh, and there there's not a whole lot of overlap, you know. Uh, I know Billy Lau was in Pedicab Driver, but he's not in Miracles for, for the entire thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I I tried to check, like, because uh, uh, I remember Corey Yoon being in... Uh, uh, pet care Driver, is he in this movie? No, Billy
1: not. Chow, one of the villains in Car.
0: He's in it, so he probably had the time because he doesn't appear until later in this film. So, But I'm wondering, and I, I'm interested, was there ever a falling out between these two or was this simply a case of, like, I, I'm busy, I, I can't even do a yung Bu style cameo and say, f- f- thank you for the money. <clears throat> exactly,
1: go. he was probably actually just grabbing his pay for that cameo right there.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but, 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 but is that... Um, is that fun to, to uh, because even though they don't have a place in the film necessarily, these cameras, is it fun to have them drop by and then um, F off?
1: Yeah, it's almost like they just do it for maybe like the, an audience reaction. Imagining the cinema going public, seeing it in theatres and then just seeing kind of one of the the three brothers pop up.
0: Yeah, and it, it's a it's a short cameo as well. You it bl- almost blink and you'll miss it. Like, exactly. I, if you flip it, because at the time of recording, uh, I believe today is Yumbyu's birthday. Uh, when Yumbyu directed a kid from Tibet, Tibet, Jackie is in it, and you can barely see him. He's in an airport scene, and he just he's a blur as he passes uh, Yumbyu, and Yumbyu looks after him a little bit. Like mm. the video versions aren't that hot, but you know it's not a straight to camera cameo in that one. In, in this one, Yim you know, takes off his hat or, uh, or uh, pull, pulls off his cap a little bit and says, thank you. Phew. Oh.
1: I know, it's almost, we'll go for the Kevin Smith reference, like when Mark Hamill appeared in Jay and *Jane, Silent Bob strike right back and they almost, they freeze frame it. Saying, it's Mark Hamill, like Mark Hamill, applause. They're almost going for the same effect here. Like, look, it's Jim Bu. And he's got a shitty eating grin when he grabs his money and then just runs off and he's never seen again.
0: Nor is Jackie Chung, nor is Simon Yam and things like that. So you got a lot of people here. Uh, you got a lot of people here because there's a, it's a long film, but I think it's tightly told. I think it's transitioning quite wonderfully quick from Jackie being accidentally the boss to having to be the boss. Uh, but I love he's not this man-child. He's simply out of his element.
1: Yeah, down on his luck.
0: Down on his luck, out of his element, and now things are happening. But it's not out of character to see him show his strength and capabilities to gain respect of his crew that way I like I think that fits the character it's not like he turns into this hot edged character all of a sudden fear yes, I.
1: sacrifices <laughs> the weakest of the group exactly uh,
0: <laughs> so I, I I love that and obviously uh there's a little kung fu exchange with him and Michael Chow, and I love this. I mean, this movie doesn't need to have extensive action scenes for me to find it delightful. I love the little effect, like effective takedowns that are actually underrated pieces of stunt work. You know, at one point, I think Jackie just throws a guy to the floor, which doesn't sound difficult, but you need to hit the floor hard and well. Yep. Even if you just thrown from above shoulder height, and, and I love that stuff. It, it just looks good on the movie to have a, a little um, burst of uh, kicking and, and stunt work, you know. Uh, so, so I mean, it, it's not like it's anyone's favorite action scene in the film, but 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 I love having it here, the little bursts of it,
1: because mm-hmm. that's a, he's there trying to prove to like his lackeys, the, the other members of the gang that. He's like a worthy boss because he's already kind of uh, looked down upon when he's sitting trying to read notes from Wu Ma to the crowds, and there's a look at him. He can't even talk without reading, and he had to come and like shoot, like prove that he's he's capable of doing it. But I do like how uh, Wu Ma was kind of still helping him out slightly, like the arm wrestling contest with Michael Chow.
0: Yeah, he he pokes uh, Michael Chow on the backside with something, uh, like a fork or something. So, so he's. Uh, I thought,
1: I keep, does he not put a uh, cigar out on his hands?
0: Something like that that, that yeah. makes him lose instantly. So, 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 so the boss emerges uh, victorious. So he can build that image, uh, and they can get back to business. Uh, and and also in terms of comedy, I mean, if you just focus a little bit on Billy Lau, a character that could uh, other filmmakers would let car- uh, a character actor, comedic actor like Billy Lau, run rampant without any control and uh, just be broad and wild and and i think here they are designing specific running gags around him that works very well uh, he is uh, he's a he's a driver but he seems to be in most of the meetings uh, waiting to be told to drive someone somewhere and he has appropriate comments galore and then when he says the wrong thing it's the running gag of Go go out and wash the car. Go go out and yes. polish the car. And sometimes he says it himself because you know he's he's effed up. Aye. Uh, and 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 I want to get your take on that. You remember Billy Lau could be uh, you know pretty great thing, pretty loud, pretty broad. But uh, you know if you just kind of zero in on him, how do you think they use a character like him here? I mean, is it genuinely funny the, the way they structure gags around him and his character, for instance?
1: Like off the top of my head, I always just remember him as like the the officer from uh, mr vampire where he was just a a right prick
0: stubborn to the point of annoyance but i think that was the purpose as well of course
1: yeah uh but this one he's good i mean even you you could almost look at like those memes you get online where it's like the like a chart of the difference from being lawful and good to chaotic and evil like he's kind of that one of the group where he's probably this chaotic, but neutral member of the group between like the triangle between Jackie Wuma, and him. He's always the one to blurt out, going, "Hey, eh, we could we could start a brothel." Yeah,
0: they're they're um, they're discussing what kind of business they should do that are exactly. legal, and he blurts out, "We'll do a sex brothel thing."
1: <laughs> yes, he like he is never of any not because he's never of any use. But I mean, at least he keeps the car clean, <laughs> which will show the amount of times where it's like, right, you're dismissed. Go away. Uh, you're just, I uh, keep the car warm.
0: And, and, and that is an echo of uh, Pocketful of Miracles as well, though. But uh, I, there's an understanding of timing of such character moments that I think uh, Jackie should be applauded for. Uh, because it, it doesn't feel like age-old Hong Kong cinema comedic shtick. Uh, because they, they're, they're asked to elevate their game. Uh, as, as I hinted at before so I think uh, that's a, a plus point for the for the film and you know it could have been show off his it that Jackie has these cameras and he's doing camera moves and look at all the production and design and look at how grand we are it could have been so show off but god damn it man when he starts doing these extended takes where cameras go from one floor to another and through people and around I can't tell you how delightful that made me feel, uh, deli- delighted, that made me feel, you know.
1: There's, like, that one shot where it's, it's out on the street following someone walking, and it kind of goes up past the tree and, in like, to a room window, and it could just cut there, but it continues to go into the room, over to the desk, and it's, like, Lady Cole sitting, like, writing a letter to her daughter, and it's like, wait a minute, this was the same camera that was following the woman outside walking with her bicycle, and now we're in, the, like, in a house.
0: And, and I don't even remember that part. So that, that, that means it it's doing its job as well. It's been noticeable yeah. and not noticeable at all. But, but I think like, like the star of, in terms of the camera work from Jackie and obviously Arthur Wong, the cinematographer, is when the, uh, when the club is uh, being built. As it, we, we, we discussed that this scene was largely cut, but the camera literally goes from... I think a uh, uh, second floor in, in the building and down to the floor and then through performance does a turn as well because it goes through Billy Lau once and then through Billy Lau again on its way back. And I'm thinking, how big is that rig, man? Because it's clear, it's not a steady cam thing where uh, it's, some, it's elevated. It's not a, just a floor shot, it's not a grounded shot. So yeah. it's, a, it's just a marvelous looking thing that it shows off a but they aren't being show of it because it looks so good on Hong Kong cinema to produce shots like this. And we're not even talking action cinema currently.
1: The amount of work that goes into those types of shots, where sure, nowadays, people are quite savvy to these one-take um, movies and or action sequences. But for this, just to kind of have that camera going throughout the building and, as you said, about Billy Lau being in it, one part and then another, there's so many moving pieces. Yes, you've got the crane, but then you've got so many people getting ready to be on the mark and choreography. Exactly, get all of this done, and Billy Lau could just trip on his second uh, appearance, and then right, we have to go all the way back, everyone to the original places, move the crane, move the camera, and,
0: and the guy who shoots Anita Moy, the flash must go off as well. Like you don't want to have you don't want to have a technical hiccup there. Um, it's it's just marvelous to see and it also makes sense in the story as we see the club it's been uh, formed and constructed and they're doing uh, rehearsals and then Later we get obviously Anita Moya appearing, uh, performing rather. You have the, a montage set to the "Rose, Rose, I Love You" song, which uh, is a nineteen forties Mandarin song that she sings in Cantonese here. And and I'm guessing that wasn't nominated because it's not an original. I'm I'm, I'm guessing uh, right, okay, uh, because that's just, otherwise, you know, classic film song from a Hong Kong film, um, a Hong Kong action film. But uh, I'm thinking uh, the, the category is uh, best original film song and it wasn't composed by, by this crew you know uh, there's even an English version of it out there so let's talk Richard M for a bit he was the victim of uh, uh, the editing for the export version but uh, we obviously watched it in full here I, I gotta tell you I recently watched uh, Lucky Stars films for, for another podcast Uh, the first three Uh, winners and sinners with that set of characters and then my lucky stars and twinkle and twinkle lucky stars with a different set of characters Uh, and I gotta tell you as much as I love Richard when the material is tiring not even he is funny but here (laughs) because in those films it's just about like oh look at her like uh, what I can do to her like wooing 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 like grabbing breasts and seeing uh, naked, naked ladies and what have you and it gets so fucking tiring But here, Richard gets... um, As I said, everyone looks their best. And that includes Richard in terms of uh, costume design. But he is... He makes a case for... um, I'm going to try and steal the film. (laughs) (laughs) And he makes a good case. (laughs) So let me hand over to you uh, what's your general take on his performance here. Uh, Playing, um, He looks nice and hard and uh, sort of... uh, like a good authoritarian for a couple of minutes. But then he is revealed to be a bit of a dumbass.
1: Yes, he's this clumsy cop where he can't just walk in a room and sit down without stepping foot in the bucket, uh, accidentally
0: letting steam off and just... He starts playing with props that uh, start to fall apart.
1: Exactly, like it's like this domino effect which starts off small and it just gets worse. And worse, he and he tries to resolve his errors and he makes it worse. But again, it's just one of these great familiar faces that shows up. And he's, he's playing a more, as you said, like less of a deviant and more of like a, a doofus. Like he, he, he's the man in charge. We don't know how he got to this post, but <laughs> he's in charge, and we just need to keep on the right side of him then they could continue with their shenanigans.
0: A little bit of Inspector Clouseau yes. vibes here, because he starts destroying that office. You know, when he leans back in Jackie's chair, and then leans the chair way, like, like I even did it now, leans back <laughs> way too much, and I, I it just breaks me, Stuart. Because yes. he was such, I mean, unfortunately, we lost him not too long ago, but he I was know. such a talented physical comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, even
1: love the, sorry to speak over you there, Ken, but that uh, just one moment in outtakes where he takes it too far and that tips over the entire desk.
0: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It it uh, it didn't go. Uh, they they had set up set it up, but it could go ever so wrong as well. <laughs> so I uh, he's uh, he's absolutely marvelous, and uh, that scene is one of the highlights. When he, You just realize when he starts like twiddle uh, with knobs and poke at things, like, no, don't, 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 do, don't do that, and then Marble starts falling from this clock, he <laughs> breaks that, you know, and the comedic timing to, uh, between your performer and props is just absolutely perfect, and uh, uh, he is uh, he, the MVP for me, and especially since he's not with us anymore, the, the, this is so important to highlight how because if if you're a big fan of those Lucky Stars films, and you, if you watch three of them in a row, it can <laughs> it can be genius? It can be like we're we still doing this, mm-hmm. and that doesn't make performers like him look good. And I become kind of sad because I know he's better than this. Uh, but you know, those, those films made all the money, so who am I to uh, be hard on a formula? You know. Even in those films, obviously, in Winners and Sinners he he, he runs away with um, that film, being all, being all naked and stuff. <laughs> Anita is lovely to see, looking iconic, speaking of someone that we lost, uh, looking her very best, just looking like she's made for this period setting. Like, the romance is fast-tracked. It is. But they are still wonderful together, her and Jackie, especially in that scene we talked about, where she, she, her clothing is uh, ripped off bit by bit, and her pouting... Uh, as she gets in, she gets messier and messier is just another thing that broke me. And yeah. uh, he, you know, tries to pick her up. She's in a chair that's uh, uh, that's on the floor. She, he tries to pick up that chair. She doesn't want to be picked up. Picked up. So I think she bumps her head uh, in the floor once more. And it's it, it's a wonderful back and forth. Uh, she's a little bit underused in general, but uh, what a visual icon, if anything else, for this film, you know. We have we haven't talked about the action scenes yet. People realize that for a minute, <laughs> and that's why this film rocks as well. That uh, you don't need to focus on that.
1: But no, I I was trying to I've just looked at her filmography because I feel I've seen so little of her work. But I was just trying to think: Is Miracle's like a defining role? And I think obviously she'll be well known for like playing Elaine in Rumble in the Bronx or uh, Jackie's mother in Drunken Master 2. Which might be, that might be like the most, uh, like the household name uh, movie when it comes to films that have Anita Moy in them.
0: Certainly her best comedic performance in Drunken Master 2. I think she's hysterical. Yes.
1: Aye. That one shot where she just reaches up and grabs the handbag and sorts her skirt and everyone applauds. It's, it's timeless.
0: She, she even has a little fight with Lao Lung in that film, which delighted me to see her being directed by uh, by, the late, uh, by the late Pops. Uh, but, you know, Heroic Trio and Rouge and mo- movies like that. Uh, so, you know, you, you know, we even have Anita in the Criterion collection by now because they released Rouge. So the, that's another like um, movie that uh, thankfully isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, *Heroic Hero Tree* always coming to the Criterion Collection, seemingly anyway. It's on their streaming channel. So
1: I don't, I haven't watched like that or *Executioners* in what feels like decades. It's, I, there's so much films I need to revisit
0: but what is uh your favorite action scene out of the three that we get if you think about the tea house fight the st- the-, the street encounter with the rickshaws over rope factory scene so it's
1: oh it's got to be the rope factory and maybe just because it's such a different location there's it, again. It, it's it's like Jackie versus the world. There's so many different elements to it. There's so many different levels of the building.
0: It looks like a very complex set. Uh, yes, like and, like an intricate to navigate. Like a tight mm-hmm. tight set.
1: Yeah, it's not like a big warehouse. It's like a condensed. Like they've there's a lot of things crammed into this building. Um, so Jackie's almost slipping and sliding through the gaps to get away from. From the gangsters, and it was it was good timing last night when I was watching this because it was just two minutes. It was just when Jackie was having the talk with the the rival gang leader. Is it Ko Chun? Uh, uh
0: Ko Chun Nsiong or O oh Chun Hong? Yeah, uh, we playing Tiger Lo, who's really fucking good in this movie. By the way, he is usually this very stoic military leader in Taiwanese propaganda films. In this movie, he gets to be a little bit funnier.
1: Mm-hmm. My my eldest son Cameron had came down uh, asking for uh, for me to make him a milkshake because uh, I my had bought oldest. like I'd bought the Nest Quick powder, so I think that was on his mind. <laughs> and he's like, "Could I get a milkshake or at least just a glass of milk?" And I was like, "Yeah, but I'm going to sit down because I knew that the the factory fight was like seconds away." And like, just sit down and watch this. It's like, is that Jackie Chan? Is like, it is. And they're like, just watch this for now and then This
0: is PG, son. You can watch this.
1: He <laughs> was like, I, I knew it was, probably wouldn't be one I could get him to sit and watch from start to finish. Because as you, as we've said, there's like long film and there's three fights.
0: Two of two of which occur uh in a row towards the end of the film. Right? So they they uh, they're not spaced out. Uh, uh, or or even like they're, they're not uh, frequent. Is my point.
1: Yeah, but I am um, watching him see this for the first time was amazing. Just kind of, he, he laughed at all the right spot. He giggled and jumped at like the close encounters of like either getting crushed by balls of rope, or the the bodies jumping from the ladder, but the ladder doesn't go all the way, so it falls back. By the end of it, he, he'd said to himself, "Like I need to watch more Jackie Chan films."
0: f milkshakes jack and chan is where, it, where it's at
1: so i'm not sure if it's like if i say i like this movie i'll get more milkshakes <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not sure if he's just trying to work me but it did genuinely seem to really light up and get a chuckle out of like the comical hijinks
0: it's it's complex as hell of course but it doesn't feel as dangerous and hard as you sh- uh, as is usually the case, I think it uh, all the falls and stuff like that. It because it's not designed as a life or death sequence. The Tiger Low character has gathered up all the guns. He just watched to wants to watch the fighting for a bit. So it's it. There's not a whole lot of stakes here, but ne- nevertheless, such a great sequence and unexpected sequence. You don't w- when you see that environment, you can't predict like, what the properties are of that. You know, you don't predict that uh, this. Um, roll of rope uh, the, uh, that you can push a button and it, it will elevate or, uh, or, or, or go, go to the ground if you push the mm-hmm. button downwards and so forth. And th- th- there's a little puddle of water at one point that someone falls into that. I yeah. didn't expect it. Like there's a lot of, it's so busy that set uh, and so intricately designed but but it but it doesn't feel uh, dangerous to the degree where you wince at things. You know what I mean? It's uh, yes. it's, it's quite funny.
1: What? Ah, you, you're not thinking that person got hurt, and that's it. It's paired with this great uh, this little uh, song, this this musical number where it's almost like we're we're at the bull racing. There's almost like this mariachi thing where you could almost see people chasing like bulls chasing red flags. There's kind of like this commotion about it where jackie is the red flag and everyone's the bulls and they're all just running at him but he manages to dodge duck dive it's a skipping rope at one point and he's on all fours jumping to avoid the rope i mean most films think, right we're taking place in a rope factory that the rival bad guy's showing up nine times out of ten is like right we'll noose him we could hang him we could torture him but Jackie Chan goes into a rope factory and is like, oh, you can do X, Y, and Z. The creativity in it is just another thing that proves the film, not only does it have, well, this is the wrong way around, it's Like this is the style and the story is the substance. Like, a lot of these times we get these Jackie movies and it's all about the style. It's all about the flashy fights and the paper-thin plot and story. Miracles delivers so much substance like this great wonderful drama that doesn't need any action but it's almost in there just to make the trailer look misleading enough to draw the audience
0: in I remember Hong Kong Legends did sell it as a little bit of a harder film but didn't sell it as Black Dragon starring Jackie Chan. So <laughs> much dragon, so much black. <laughs> so it, it was uh, it, it was sold as it uh, should be sold, you know. Mm-hmm. I like the Tea House fight a little bit better. Essentially the first mm-hmm. big action scene. This one does contain the painful stuff the painful falls from the second story into tables and uh, you know back-breaking stuff
1: that, that poor guy that went down spiral staircase a uh, crotch first yeah on every step
0: for two rice boxes do these things for uh, me today. Uh,
1: hopefully an ice pack as well <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, it's just uh, reference usage of kicking, kicking off the fight with props like chairs. I love the stunts that are part of this design. As Jack is uh, trying to evade, you know, uh, because he is not a great big number one fighter. He's trying to evade things. Uh, he fights back if needed, but he's not the number one master of the city when I thing that everyone fears. Uh, and it really. The the movie really contains some of his best, most enduring sequences anyway, but this one especially, when they do their stunt thing, do their fight thing, but also cut to rather brilliant comedic gags. Mm -hmm. Like Wu Ma trying to alert Billy Lau, who's sitting in the car, and uh, he is going to alert everyone else to run in because the boss is in danger. And he throws down a uh, teacup (laughs) onto the car to alert him. It
1: escalates quickly
0: and nothing happens so he throws down two and nothing happens then, then he throws down an entire set of teacups that just go smashing, smashing, smashing smashy on, on the car the problem is Billy Lau is very well aware of what's happening but he's held mm-hmm. at gunpoint in the car yes. so he can't do anything and I'll, that that is comedic timing that I absolutely adore Uh Wu Ma's droll performance you know as I said he has this, G, this DGAF attitude about things uh, very droll very laid back and funnier because of it uh, and uh bill bill out just sitting there can't do anything i know what's happening <laughs> but here we are guys how are you doing
1: <laughs> there's like just that one moment where they go to throw a chair at tiger lo and he grabs it with one hand
0: yeah they, they give him a little m- moment as well that uh,
1: <laughs> it's almost like time stands still <laughs> he just grabs it and like whoa
0: I mean, uh, speaking of chairs, like that that bit where one chair is sh- uh, shoved under a table as another chair is thrown at Jackie. Yes. That, I... that timing is just... We we're talking about a second of stuff here, but that, that timing and that visual is just... Many crowning achievements are present in this film, and that's a moment. This entire sequence is a moment. And, and a delightful thought enters when you're 20, 30 minutes away from this sequence. Th- that I think you hinted at that, that this is enjoyable sans action. As a film, because uh, he has great confidence, I think Jackie crafting these lighthearted gangster films, even if they are you know, obviously a remade beats from Frank Capra's films. But he adds, you know, some of his physical personal flavor, of course, but his own comedic flavor that that isn't a copy of gags or anything like uh, the big sequence where they're going to meet Lady Roses. Uh, daughter and her husband and uh, and her father. And they need to get rid of reporters and need to get rid of Richard from the scene because he's there to pick up uh, that businessman as well. And I think it's Lee Hoi-san from Magnificent Butcher who eventually, because it doesn't work, they can't get Richard from out of the scene. So he just eventually just walks up to him and punches him in the eye yeah. to get him to be chased by, by Richard. And it's, it's, it's such a wonderful um, usage of a cameo. Uh, li Hoi San is probably in the background in many scenes, but that's one of his big FaceTime scenes. And then there's cameos in this scene that are st- some seem random. Like, can you come over, Yim view for a bit? Absolutely. But so, some scenes and cameos are structured around recognition factor, as you talked of. Because one of the two of the reporters are Kenny B and Anthony Chan. And they are former bandmates of the winners that were now actors and directors. And they were doing a film at this time called A Fishy Story uh, that Anthony directed, that Kenny B starred in alongside uh, Maggie Chung. So they had them distinctly together as a way of audiences going immediately. Uh Aha. They didn't have all of the winners. uh, Not all of them transitioned (laughs) to acting. So I don't think all of them could be pulled into a film like easily or anything, but... uh... It's, it's delightful. As much as I enjoyed Richard M and Bill Tung, uh, all of those scenes, I can understand why the cuts are there. Because there are a lot of Richard M and Bill Tung in succession. You know what I mean? Uh, they are a secondary plotting device. And international yeah. audiences would likely miss Jackie Chan or miss uh, having more comedy or more variation of performance. For a while they dominate the film. So... While I miss the scenes, I can understand them for uh, the cuts for export purposes. I, but but now we have the option on that Blu-ray that you referenced to watch both uh, the full one and the export cut in in English. Uh, so uh, so it all works out uh, for us. Uh, I don't know how, how you think if you if if you felt in the second half that they were staying on Richard and Bill like uh, for extended periods. Uh, well.
1: I, I didn't mind it. Mind it, to be honest, mostly because I had hadn't seen the film in so long. I felt like that was the first of me really really noticing like the scam uh, that Bill Tang was pulling off with uh, the shares, um, because that, that that's one of the things you do not remember from Miracles. Funnily enough,
0: it it, it occupies a little piece of uh, Pocketful of Miracles, but not as much as this film uh, does.
1: Um, no, it, it's just. It was, as you said, it was just like another element to like the big game that they were playing, the, the big cover up. And, but no, as you said, it, it would make sense for the international audiences to trim it and focus like on the main story beats. And if this could get them closer to that next action sequence, why not?
0: And 20 minutes is not. uh, doesn't mean it's less super short film or anything. Uh, It's still like 100, 105 or whatever in that export cut. So. We, we still got lots of film. Uh, I don't have any other notes. I, I wanted to just uh, do a few few uh, additional ones. Uh, again, Tiger Low played by O Chun-Hung. As vicious as he looks and he is this uh, cigar-chomping villain. <laughs> I really like that he is a gangster who's willing to listen and change perspective and blame away from his rival. In that rope factory scene, he almost kills Jackie, but then... Uh, we realize that uh, Jackie hasn't killed his fellows or anything. Uh, he's uh, ke- kept them uh, kept them uh, held, and uh, but now he's freedom. And then immediately, as vicious as he is, he switches on a dime and realizes absolutely what's going on. So he he listens. He's not this reactionary, you know, big burly villain. Kill, kill, kill. So I really lo- 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 like that part of the performance. That he uh, he has eyes for s- the situation. Immediately snaps into. Oh, I see. Law It was you. Exactly, He uh, he's the
1: shape bag that's playing both sides.
0: Exactly, and he and doesn't he look his best as well? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Lulli, like uh, yes, anyone would look good in a costume, but I still think everyone looks their best in this film, uh, including uh, uh, all the ladies in big and small roles and uh, all of that. So. I don't have anything else to say. I checked if there were any documented injuries. And I suppose the only injury. It looks maybe worse than it is. Is during the rickshaw sequence. Uh, when Jackie flips back back over the rickshaw. He hit his uh, eye or his eyebrow on uh, one, of the, one of its sides. And uh, sustained quite a deep cut apparently. And uh, that injury is in the film. So if you're a little bit squeamish uh, towards the end of the film there's a little bit a little bit of blood.
1: You know there's just so like just lovely little moments that it's one of these films that can make you feel warm inside when watching it. Like the moment where they realize that the big ploy has worked. You know where it looks like there's so many times the plan looks like it's about to fall apart and then when it, all the people show up at the end.
0: And, and And it gives the impression that Lady Rose is part of the high high society, which she obviously wasn't uh,
1: when it kind of when the door like, went out and then it finally happens, and <laughs> jackie and Anita Moy are both trying to keep it together, but they're you can see that they're holding back tears and uh Anita was like asking about like, what was like her makeup or how do I look and Jackie uses his sleeve. To, to smudge her lipstick across her face. And it's like, there you go, you're fine now. <laughs> and she's like, thank you. And then Jackie just, I would like to believe it's one of those ones where he just broke character and burst out laughing, but they decided just to keep that shot anyway.
0: Yeah, it looks very genuine. <laughs> like, look yeah. what I did to her. <laughs> and she is obviously willing. Uh, she's a, a game Yes, uh, she is game for a laugh. Because definitely. she has a godly amount of lipstick on. So it all, it's almost like, in order to smudge it, we gotta, we gotta put a lot on you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you'll, you'll still look stunning, but, uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we have something planned here, so.
1: And, yeah, it's even just the music, like, the, do, like, it's, I, I think it's easily used as, like, DVD menu music, and, but it was just as soon as, like, that 88 film Blu-ray fired up, and it got to the main menu, it was a huge nostalgia kick, like, I remember that like menu music when it was a Hong Kong Legends DVD and it's just whilst miracles is amazing but that song like Rose Rose I love you just amplified how beautiful the film is.
0: It it certainly fits the tone and you're immediately kind of thrown back which is uh, absolutely lovely I agree. Um, one little moment I just wanted to single out in, in this chase scene on the streets that leads to the, the rickshaw thing and Jackie picking up a Dorian there, there, there's a little bit, I think when it kicks off, uh, Jackie uses uh, the uh, resting feet as opposed of the barber chair uh, to kick things off and then he and one of the fellas that is chasing him get stuck their hands get stuck in this chain gate you know, and they both—you know—they both need to get out to get out. It's, it's oh, a, a, yeah. a, a, One of those like, like natural, uh, uh, rather d- those details that he finds naturally, that he's going to put in there, which again shows that he's not a Superman. <laughs> he, he's not a willing participant necessarily in uh, these chase sequences. And 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 the fact of the matter is that they they could they, they catch him and they bring him into the rope factory. So that middle sequence involving the rickshaw and the barber chair and the durian, he doesn't uh, come out on top or anything. So he gets stuck in this uh, basket or top yes, of the basket right. with his bum. So so they, they lift him out and into the camera. So.
1: Yeah, like he, he's trapped himself. <laughs> he's managed to get so far, and then he's fallen and gotten caught in almost this wicker. I just said it, it's like a basket, but it's almost just like he's fallen into a net and they can't get out. And they just come along and pick him up and carry him right to the camera.
0: So, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. favourite cameos, I suppose, we've uh, discussed, but there's a lot of them here. Some of them were cut from um, from the international versions, possibly Amy Yip's uh, cameo uh, as they rehearse and dress for this high-society party f- featuring not-so-high-society Participants, uh you know, gangsters and prostitutes, and Amy yip uh, says, uh, "Haven't you seen, you know, boobies like this before?" You know, so <laughs> she put, puts out her chest a little bit for comedic purpose. So, but there's a lot of cameo, cameos here, and uh, a lot of them, I think. Uh, You'll miss in the flow of the thing. Like I didn't spot, for instance, Tai Bo this time around. Apparently, Mantat Stephen Chow's comedy cohort is in in there somewhere. Fung Hak On I definitely missed. Ken Lo I caught. Billy Chow is always in another cameo.
1: There's the likes of like Ricky Ho and Benny Lai. It's always nice to kind of see them pop up. Like normally when <laughs> it's like the the likes of um benny lies like these guys are usually trying to kick fuck out of jackie now it's like we've gathered all our money to help lady rose and
0: They're in, and they're funny their interaction to all these gangsters because they're being assigned parts like you're going to be the governor of so-and-so it's like like or rather or i want to be the governor of so-and-so yes, you take I... that role just play a role just follow what's on the effing paper like they, they, um, they're, they realize they know. Well, I, I've got a special role. I, uh, he, or well, he's got a special role. I don't. I want his role. It's almost so like
1: what, it's what I've always wanted to be, <laughs> like what they wanted to be from like when they were children. Is are right? Okay, you're all getting parts. as if But I want to be more important than everyone else. <laughs>
0: Like uh, rewriting their character on the spot, uh, mm-hmm. like, like a dumb actor or something <laughs> like that. So, so, so yeah, uh, it's all it's all wonderful. So if you have time, it's a it's a fun uh, watch. It's a fairly long film as well. pocket full of miracles, but it's a fun watch. Now that you have seen miracles again, to see the moments that uh, he took, but uh, it's not a lazy remake. That's the key, I think. As many scenes are similar, he is still elevating his game as a director here and providing his own personal touches. And certainly Frank Capra didn't put anyone through the physical uh, <laughs> the, the physical uh, possible pain, but certainly the the physical uh, demands here. And that means Jackie's film is unique uh, versus a pocket full of miracles. So all were uh, enjoyable to revisit so i i'll conclude right there anything else you want to throw in
1: obviously if you're listening to this i'd like to imagine you've seen miracles already if not find it it's so easily accessible nowadays it's definitely worth your time and money
0: even though it's a Region B release, the UK release from 88 Films is the one we recommend. It comes with two cuts of the film, the original Hong Kong and export cut. There's also an alternate Cantonese mono track for the full version on there with different music cues. But I'm, I'm not sure where this originated from and I haven't listened to it either. Uh, but um, that's uh, the version we would recommend currently if uh, you... Uh can play region B releases, but who knows if uh, this is going to be reissued um, elsewhere or maybe in 4K in the future? Who knows? Because it's certainly a film that uh, while it pops on Blu ray, I think uh, 4K in done Well would certainly be beneficial for uh, such a dazzling looking film. Thanks, Duel, for coming on board and going down memory lane, and uh, eh, we. We're going to conclude and see if we can do something in the future, obviously. But uh, we're going to conclude this episode. Uh, You're going to get a plug, of course. uh, But for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, including the back catalog of Podcast on Fire and all our other shows... Check out the, the website, podcastonfire.com. We're obviously doing um, uh, audio commentaries here and there on Blu-ray Disc yeah, in September. Possibly this will come out in September, but in September, Fatal Termination is released from the label Error 4444. Featuring an audio commentary with myself and Phil G. Uh, talking of that Moon Lee film featuring the stunt where a little girl is held uh, by her hair uh, and uh, and then she she's off in a speeding car. So uh, one of the most uh, dangerous looking stunts anyway where that disc will have an interview with the stunt director. So we'll see if uh, he will uh, stick to his story of there, uh, No, she was safe and she had the time of her life. I have my doubts that she had the time of her life. I think she might have been safe but uh, that car is going fast in Fatal Termination. So watch us uh, sort of try and, uh, you know, stop the bleeding from our eyes watching that scene. Like, don't do that to a kid, man. But, but, exactly. but, but it's a great <laughs> sequence. We're, we're, we're kind of conflicted. But that's coming out, and we have some stuff planned for the future as well. Uh, so uh, I'll uh, conclude it right there. You, you want to throw out some uh, easily uh, remembered um, uh, Linky Links for the log so...
1: If you want to find our most current stuff, go onto YouTube, type in uh, the Lager Logs. You'll see the little yellow cartoon avatar of me and Tom. And we put out videos uh, every week. We're doing a lot of in-person stuff. In a sense, like we're not sat in, in like our living room talking, but like I'm out in the brewery filming stuff, or Tom's out. I guess it's like uh, vlog-style stuff, or travel-vlog-style stuff, as well as beer reviews mystery beer reviews we're we're coming up with more show ideas and there's honestly i think i looked at our channel today and it says we've already got over 200 videos there's a massive amount of content Uh, if you're not tired of a tom and stew
0: let's finish this one off then i've been kennedy and with me boss uh, great, uh, I, was, I was about to say the great grandfather of uh, the Podcast on Fire Network, but uh, certainly the great Stuart Subland who is the reason we're here today. <laughs> and he was with me today as well, so say goodbye.
1: Take it easy, folks. Cheers.
0: Grandmaster of the Podcast on Fire Network. <laughs>